Welcome to another episode of the Loading Screen Podcast. Today's guest is Ami Defesh. I hope I said that right, Ami. Uh, she's the community manager at Spacetime Studios. We talk a bit about her gaming history, how she got into the game industry, and uh, community management in general. Uh, you can check out Ami's Twitch channel, uh, where she also live streams games, uh, which is at Pixels Imperfect. Uh, same thing for her Twitter. I'd like to thank Ami for being on the podcast, and uh, this will be the last episode for 2015, so have a happy new year. Are you from Austin? I am. Yeah, I mean, we moved a lot, moved around a lot when I was little, but we moved here when I was like three, so I don't remember anything else about Austin. Um, what's your earliest memory of, like, playing video games? Um, okay, this is a fun story, because I told it on stream yesterday, too. Um, so in kindergarten, uh, I guess, and I don't remember being a problem child, but my mom said that my teacher, um, said that I acted out a lot, and that I needed a way to get rid of all my excess energy, and... So that maybe video games would be a good option because I could, whatever, do puzzles and beat things up and not beat up other children. <laughs> so uh, she got me a Sega Genesis and some, like, Sonic games and I think a bass fishing game, whatever. But um, and she put it in the guest room, and so that was, like, my first thing. My favorite game was the Ronald McDonald game. It wasn't, like, a legit was gamer like game. A, one of the free games from, like... No, you know, like Burger King. Yeah. Uh, no, it was like a, a legit game that you bought, and it was like a like a two D scrolling platformer thing mm-hmm. with Ronald McDonald and Hamburglar and stuff. And do you remember like the goal of the game or anything? Um, all I remember is that you get to the end, and it was this like boss fight, and I don't remember who who the boss fight was against anymore, but it was done to the Swan Lake song. Which was very surreal and creepy <laughs> to me, and I really didn't like it, but I only did it so I could beat the game, and then I beat the game, and I never touched it again, because it freaked me out. But it was just, you know, like, level, 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 boss, level, level, right. boss. Uh, so after that, did you continue playing games? Playing games, yeah. Um, my dad bought us an N64. Um, what year was that? It was shortly after it came out, and that's when we got... Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. and that game was the shit, and was probably where I decided that I really loved video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I still had to look through look up walkthroughs for the Water Temple, but it was still cool. And then got into like hacking the game. So I don't know if you ever did like this, what? where you like pull the cartridge out like quarter of the way and we'd go into debug mode and you could look through all the code Do you, no. you really, it was so fun and then I would go through and I would look through like seams I could walk through so I could fall through the mountains and weird anyway <laughs> um, I would use like game shark and stuff I had one of those I had one of those and I could never get it to work no. so I just like it was the only way I'd beat Super Mario 64 and got all the stars because there's like this you one cheat where when you jump, you'll just jump, like, super high, and it'll take at least, like, three minutes before you come back down. Nice. <laughs> I'd use it. Yeah. No, I can never get... I was so frustrated. I spent, 
my $20 on my Game Shark or however much it costed. It seemed like a lot when I was a kid. And uh, I can never get it back. So when you were, like, looking at this, like, debug stuff, you never thought about, like, oh, this is how this game works and, like, thinking about altering stuff or did mm-hmm. you alter stuff in it? No, I never altered stuff. I mean, there was, there was, like, sequences of things that you could do that would, you know, um, turn on all the outlines, you mm-hmm. know, so it was, like, black and you could only see the outlines mm-hmm. of all the polygons. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't in any place where you could change it. The most fun part for me was looking at, there was, there was bits of, like, text in the code that would just say, like, Happy Easter, or, like, (laughs) It's Christmas, or, like, um, Beth's birthday today, and I don't know what, like, maybe, like, while, if the, the programmers, like, while they were working on it, hid comments. Yeah. But that was... The most fun thing for me That's to look at. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all in English. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, but you never thought, like, you wanted to get into game development stuff at that mm. point? Or thought about it? No. I think when I... The game that made me decide that I would like to be in games was Assassin's Creed. And it was the story, and it made me want to be a story writer. I never actually wanted to program because I'm terrible at code. I was a front. But you end... have an art background, right? I have a graphic design background. Yeah, I was a graphic designer and a front end web developer, so I knew some code, but the like the right brained kind, right? That is visually makes sense and doesn't have anything to do with math. Mm-hmm. Um, but my little kid adult dream was to be an author. So I thought that story writing for video games would be cool because then I could write a story and that would then come to life and people could play through it. Um, but it would have required going back to school and taking all these, you know, like really refining my skills as a writer and I wasn't really confident that I could do it. <laughs> so I stayed right. doing web design. But, uh, yeah, so I completely given up on it. Until um, the company that I was working for went under mm-hmm. and they couldn't pay my bills anymore. And I mean, they couldn't pay my paychecks anymore, which meant that I couldn't pay my bills. And I thought that it might be fun to have a switch in industry. And um, just on a whim, started looking through all the career pages on all the Austin Game Studios. I wasn't picky. I didn't have like a right. dream studio or anything. I Did just you use, wanted to work in games. Do you remember what site you used? Um, Gama Sutra. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they had just a list of Austin game studios. Mm-hmm. It was like a business listing. Um, and I went one by one down the list to see if anyone was looking for a. I think I was going for UI design. Okay. Um, I thought that I could do that with my graphic design background. Um, and I found a couple. But a lot of them had programs, you know, required programs that I wasn't familiar with. So I was going to look into that. But then I stumbled across Spacetime Studios um, and they had a community manager job. And it just involved like customer service skills and being familiar with game communities and, um, you know, generally liking people. And I think there was, you know, like web design background or web background was a plus because I used forums and they had mm-hmm. custom themes and stuff and um, 
I was like, I can do all these things. I play video games. Right. I know what gamers <laughs> like. This is cool. And uh, submitted my resume, and now I'm, now I'm there. Right. So it was like I stumbled into gaming. I didn't actually like go for it. But. I mean, you still went for it. You still I did. Yeah, yeah, I went for it. It wasn't, you know, like I originally didn't think that I'd be able to, so I didn't pursue it. Right. And then, but then, like, you made the, make the decision. You're like, this is what I want to do. And then, yeah, you can. Have you thought about uh, doing any writing stuff now? Um, I think through the whole process of being a community manager, I realized how much I liked the people aspect of games. Mm-hmm. Um, the people aspect in writing would be that, you know, like, the players would enjoy the story that I wrote in that sense I was helping people or like interacting with people but I like the direct interaction too much to I think work behind the scenes anymore right. okay. yeah um, there's a cool tool out there called twine which is just like a text based I think web based uh, kind of like text based adventure game stuff where you uh-huh. just kind of can easily put together Strings of like a text-based game where you can click on words and images and stuff. That's it's really easy to use. I might um, have to try that. Yeah. You're just like fun to do on the side, right? Yeah, and it's really easy to use. Neat. Uh, so like writing for games is getting a lot easier to yeah. just like do that kind of stuff. Uh, I also did a lot of um, forum RPG. You know, what I'm talking about there's a site called Gaia Online. Mm-hmm. where you just start a forum and you, in each forum post, it's people participating in this, basically okay. writing a story. Um, I guess it's kind of like being a DM almost, like you're right. a person running this, the way the story goes and stuff. Um, that was like my outlet for that. Did you spend times on forums and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was what made me confident that I could do the community manager mm-hmm. stuff. Because I spent so much time in these forum communities doing all sorts of whatever. I would run contests for them, and I had, like, a little guild, and um, so it's like, yeah, I could could be the person running that thing, maybe. So what's your job sort of, like, entail? Um, You went over most of it, but, like... Yeah, so basically the big picture point of it is to engage um, our current players make sure that they're happy and they love the game and that they stick around and then also pulling in new players so making sure that our social media game is good and um that word of mouth is happening so that our current players are happy enough that they're bringing in their friends and um sometimes the game development goes slower than the players consume it Right. So the the team will be working on new stuff, but then on the forums, the players are saying that they're bored, and so right. it's my job to kind of keep them entertained while there's development going on. So it'll be like forum contests and raffles mm. and um, stuff for them to do art contests. And stuff. But you also like mediate kind of what the game developers want to say mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so part of that engagement is collecting all of their feedback um, and 
part one, making sure that they know that we've heard it. Like, yes, I see that this is what you want, and I'm going to try and make that happen for you. Mm-hmm. And then taking all of that and translating it into specific um, actions that the design team um, or the programmers or whoever it, whoever's involved in whatever it is um, can do that will then translate to something that makes the players happy. And sometimes it's, you know, it's simple. So it's like game balance stuff. So, um, like my class isn't strong enough or like this item is too overpowered or this broke PVP. And then, and we can, it's pretty simple fixes and some of it's bigger game system stuff. Like we want to be able to socialize better. And then we have to go back to the team and figure out exactly what that means right. and what that looks like when it goes back into the game. But um, we started really focusing on that the, the beginning of this year. So it's been like a year. And uh, I feel like it really positively impacted everything. Once the players feel like they're being heard and that they can have an impact on the game, then they're more likely to stick around, right. which is cool. There's an interesting like dynamic where I felt like most people, when they look at developers or a company, they just kind of see like a, they see a, like a robot company thing they don't see people whereas like a community manager can help um show that there's people working there and human yeah. beings and it's not just like some it's evil some corporation giant corporate yeah. entity yeah yeah for sure yeah and a lot of um i mean our company does it really well but a lot of really successful game companies have really embraced the role of a community manager because it's a new thing it's i mean yeah. community managers haven't been around that long you can't get a degree in community management, that sort of thing. So yeah. I think people are just starting to realize that value mm-hmm. um, start using it. But like um, uh, Riot does their community management really well. You can mm-hmm. always talk to someone. I think Super Evil Megacorp has a really good community team as well. There's these faces that you recognize all the time and you know that they'll get what you need done. Right. You know, you, they'll get your concerns across and... Were there any, like, big important lessons you learned because you were starting this out? Were there any, like, big mm. parts where you're like, oh, that I should have oh. done this, or... Yeah, shoot. Um, the big one was to under-promise and over-deliver because there were many times where I was just wanting to go in there and the players were saying, I have a problem. And I was like, I'll fix that. But yeah. I, didn't, I hadn't talked to anyone about right. it yet. So then I would take it back to the team and be like, hey, I told them we were going to do this, so we should probably do this. <laughs> and they were like, um, you have no idea how that works. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Right. Um, so then, of course, I had to go back like, with my tail between my legs and say, and say um, that, you know, oh, I messed up. And we can't do that. And, um, my bad. Also, I think things like um, and telling them things too early. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hey, we want this thing fixed. And then we would have the solution. And then so I would immediately, I would be all excited, like, hey, we got your thing fixed. And yeah. I would go back and I would put it in there. And then um, like something would happen. They'd find a bug or it's not right. possible or it's not compatible. And then we couldn't give it to them. And then they were just mad at me because I promised them something and they couldn't, they couldn't do it. Um, How do you deal with, like, so you're de- dealing with, like, people, mm-hmm. and sometimes people lie. How, like, how do you sniff that out and make sure that's going on? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, 
So here's a story. There was this kid who sent in a support ticket and he said, Hey, um, I have a pet we have in the, in the game I work on. They have pets and there's pet eggs. And not every pet comes in egg form. Egg form is tradable and the pet by itself is not. So there was a pet and it was a really valuable one and everyone wanted it and it was really cool. And um, sometimes people open eggs, pet eggs, and they don't mean to. So then they write into support and they say, oh, hey, I didn't mean to open this pet. Can you put it back in the egg? Because they can't re-egg it. They have to ask for us to do it. Nine times out of ten, we will, because, you know, you spent money on that. You should be able to do what you want with it. And um, so he wrote in and he said, hey, I opened this egg, and uh, can you put it back? And I said, sure. And I didn't investigate, or I didn't really, like, run it by anyone, because I was used to it being a pretty common thing. And so I made it an egg, and I put it back in the game, and all of a sudden the forums were on fire, because an <laughs> egg for this pet doesn't exist. Right. It doesn't exist. There was no egg, and he never opened it, and he just tried to, like, full support, and it totally freaking worked. And uh, and then, I, you know, they had to pull the game out, and he had to explain what happened. And anyway, it was a whole big to-do. So, yeah, people lie. Um, it's just a lot of due, due diligence in digging into it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, he said, she said in my job, so yeah. so-and-so said this, and they should be banned, and I have to, like, actually go through and figure out if they said it or if they tricked it into saying it or if there was, you know, like, someone else was instigating. Yeah. And a lot of drama handling stuff. Lots of drama. Lots of drama. It's For like a video a, game. Right. <laughs> and they're adults. Yeah. Like, so these people are, like, in their 40s, and they're fighting like they're in high school. It's so funny, but... You know, it just means that they have passion for the game. They're just, like, they're really so invested in this virtual world that it's, like, worth all of that. So, yeah. ultimately, that's a compliment. But just due diligence, I think. Can't can't ever believe everything everyone right. says. So. So is community management, like, the thing you want to do from now? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Especially for games. I don't know if I'm ever going to like a community as much as I like this one, though. That's the hard part. I'm sure there's better ones. <laughs> it's like my first community. I just love it so yeah. much. Um, but even if it wasn't in video games, I think being an advocate for a product and being able to interact with people who love it every day is really right. rewarding. I just happen to have a passion for video games, so it's really easy to talk to other gamers. If I had right. to build a community for light bulbs or something, I don't know if I'd be able to <laughs> do it. I don't think light bulbs <laughs> have a community. Um, no, I, I say that specifically because the guy asked me if I wanted to work for his startup, and he had made smart light switches, and he wanted a community manager to for build a community about his smart light switches. Yeah, they're connected Weird. to your phone. Anyway. <laughs> and that could be like a game, and kind of... Yeah, the the aspect of like working on a game that's live and has a community is really interesting because it's like this feedback loop of you'll put something out and then they'll react to it in a certain way mm-hmm. and not always like great, but sometimes good. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting to see like like I feel like communities become the way they are because of the game design sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Totally. Like, games are very influential in the way people end up acting towards each other and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why you see such a difference in, like, MOBA communities versus MMO communities. Right. Because MMO, very cooperative. MOBA, very competitive. You mm-hmm. see that in the way that people interact with each other. Um, was there a big, uh, I suppose, there a challenge in kind of being a community manager for both of those games? For, for MOBA, MOBA and, and a, MOBA. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like being a community manager hmm, requires a pretty strong level of knowledge right. of whatever you're working with. Um, I started as a community manager for an MMO, which I know really well because mm-hmm. I've played a lot of MMOs. MMO right. is like my genre. Um, MOBA, I did not know anything about. So as the players started learning more about the game and they got into the meta of everything and the numbers and um, there started to become a a gap between my knowledge and theirs. And then I couldn't serve them nearly as well. So I had to spend a good amount of time going and playing playing MOBAs and researching and digging into numbers right. and trying to... Um, you have to know the product. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, they also socialize differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess it's the competitive nature of a MOBA game that makes people really angsty. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I would go in there sometimes and they would, like be angsty at me, yeah. even though, like, I've never, I've never beat, beat <laughs> right. them at the game, or you're better at it than me, like, why are you mad? But yeah. they just, they just are. But you have to figure out how to, like, get on to that level, and how to talk to people who are also on that level, mm-hmm. and that can be a challenge. But, you know, the, I feel like the, the best part, no matter what community you're in, is that if they see that you're a part of the company and you're there to listen to what they have to say, then there's some level of respect there, no matter how right. angsty you <laughs> uh, How do you, like, not go insane? Because, <laughs> like, I would read forums and then I would just be like, I don't want to be on the forums anymore. I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe because I'm not as connected to all of the content as everyone mm-hmm. else. Um, but but there's like, sometimes there's so much negativity that it's like... Yeah, there can be. I don't... I feel like that's kind of like where my... Like, I have a knack for dealing with that just on my mm-hmm. own. Like, I enjoy diffusing negativity right. and making people optimistic when Mm -hmm. they're not feeling optimistic you know like i would do that for friends in high school when they were sad and emo right i try and mediate like fights between people just naturally so so it doesn't it never bothered me people ask me that a lot support class yeah support class exactly (laughs) um yeah and so yeah people ask me that all the time but it doesn't it really doesn't bother me like Mm -hmm. i'm happy to go in there and, and help the only part that's a bummer is that I can't. Right. You know, like if I have to say, I understand that you're sad about that and you're still going to be sad about that. Mm-hmm. Like we discontinued um, one of our games and people were devastated and right. there's nothing I can do. You know, they're just, 
like the higher ups were saying, just walk away. Like you, there's yeah. nothing that you can say right now that's going to help this. And right. I just, I had to like leave. And that's, that's sad. It's like a, it's the movie with the, the old yeller who throws the ball. My dog Skip. Go. Sure. You have to just walk oh, away. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. I don't know the movie name, but I know like the senior. Yeah. You love him, but you have to walk away. Um. So, do you do any other community management besides video games? Um, no, not in any official capacity. I recently started a Twitch stream mm-hmm. with a coworker and a friend, and um. Why? Why? Yeah. Um. So we went to TwitchCon uh, with a company to do like a booth, and uh, and that whole thing is kind of building community. Like no one there really knew who we were, the game that we were representing, and so the whole thing was to like hype people up about it and bring people in. Um, but in in that whole thing, we also met a lot of streamers, and they kept talking about how great it was to like have have this community around them um and how they were able to you know they didn't anticipate it when they had started but they were able to like really um impact people's lives through their live streams um and that's what really appeals to me and then taylor um who's like the co-person um is really into film and production and making a good show uh, and we, of course, both have a passion for video games because we both work in video games. So my love of community and her love of TV, film production mm-hmm. stuff, and then a combined love of video games just, you know, it seems like a natural place to go. Right. Um, why not? It looks like fun. And so we did. And so I'm building that community. That's that kind of community. I would, I'm not like a community manager, but it's building community, finding followers, making sure people love to come back. and. Mm-hmm. We do what they want. How's that been? Um, really, really fun. Like if I could do that full time, I totally would. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, our community is still pretty small. We have like 175 followers, which compared to like four million on a bunch of other right. streams is very small. But um, like we have regulars, and they come back, and they want to see us, and right. they have suggestions, and they're happy, and you know, but like. Thank us for whatever we're doing, mm-hmm. and, and it's rewarding. But also, we get to hang out and play video games. It's like our right. leisure time. It's kind of that feeling of like going over to someone's house and watching them play a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just like that. I didn't get Twitch for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I hated it, and uh, I didn't know like why anyone would go and watch a stranger <laughs> play a video game. Like I know I want why I want to watch my friend play a video game. Because they're funny, and they, you know, like, I, I know them, and I have a relationship with them, but I didn't catch on to Twitch right. um, until just recently. Yeah. I mean, it's still, like, entertainment. Yeah, it is. Either way, it's just, like... It's just a different form of entertainment. Yeah. I'm surprised at, like, how much, uh, like, when people come back, they have that, you can follow or whatever, but, like, it's very hard to find anyone that's, like, new on Twitch. Like new? the discoverability, it's like right, really hard. Yeah, like, that was I don't a... know how people find like, like you have to like scroll down through browse channels for like an hour or go to random and then yeah, yeah. 
strange. I guess I still don't know. I think I've found new streams most often through a single game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking for people who are streaming. Right. Life is Strange. And, like, I'll tune into the... I'll tune in the ones, the big ones, because they're at the top. But then I don't like them so much because then there's 2,000 people talking. and Yeah, there's an interesting, like, thing when there's only, like, 20 people in the room. You can, you can't feel like you're there. But yeah. Like, when there's 200, it's just, like, just yeah. I'm never going to get my thing read or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'll go to the new ones or the small ones because I want to interact with them. Mm-hmm. So there's value in, in being small. But I don't know how I'd find anyone new. Otherwise, um, what's the ideal like community management thing you would want to do? Hmm. I think ultimately, I would like to be an entrepreneur and build community there, and I would like that to have something to do with video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, I'm not a developer, so right. I feel like. I feel like running a successful Twitch channel and or media channel mm-hmm. and building community for that would be really, really fun. Okay. But video game-wise, I think that I could be happy forever working for an indie studio. Mm-hmm. I would. It would be tempting to say I would want to be a blue for Blizzard, but right. I don't think I would. I like the small communities. I know that was what they called Blues? Blues, yeah. Weird. No, they're moderators, but a lot of them are community managers. They have a ton. They have a bunch of community managers, but I guess they need them. Um, But just same with this, like, small Twitch streams and small indie game communities. Mm-hmm. You get to actually get... You actually get to get to know people. Yeah. Um, Like, I know their names, and I know where they're mm-hmm. from, and, like, what they like, and... Did you ever meet any of these people in person? Uh, yeah. We had um, a community meetup in San Antonio last year for PAX South. It was like a year ago. And it was super small. It was like six people. Mm-hmm. Um, but people that I had known for a really long time, like a year or more in game. And, uh, and it turned out to be so awesome. And then at PAX... No, at TwitchCon, um, we flew out six of our best players from our MOBA game. Um, some people that I had been interacting with, and a lot of them had played our previous games, so I knew them from there too. But uh, but yeah, we flew them out and we took them to like a happy hour and mm. actually got to meet their faces. And... Was it weird to see them in person? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went, not after a little while. Like yeah. after you get over the initial shock of like, I have never seen your face, but like I've been talking to you right. for a year and I had no idea how old you were or what you look like or um then they you know their their personality is the same person as it is on the internet right. so then you you start to like make the connection yeah. but yeah there was like a, a woman who in my head was like a 17 year old girl but actually actually she was like 36 mm-hmm. and a, a mother of two yeah and uh wow it didn't make a difference <laughs> it was still her you right. know she still talked like her and act like her, and she was super sweet. So there was also um, a boy who I thought was a girl forever. <laughs> it was not a girl. So, but they're great. Um, that's about like all the questions I have. Do you have anything you want to talk um, about? 
you have any advice for community managers out there? Um, I think the best advice I can give is to just definitely go after something that you're passionate about because that's going to make you a better community manager in the long run. Um, but even while you're looking for a community manager job, just go and be part of communities wherever you can, you know, like go into your local community and volunteer or plan an event or make a meetup group or, you know, hang around in a forum and do something for the people there and just try out different stuff. And that's, that's what your experience is, is just getting around people and, and engaging them and making them happy. And then you'll be able to do it professionally. Um, knowing about social media doesn't hurt certainly you you're gonna have to know about that um and then just some basic web stuff like take your computer science classes um customer service you know having a knack for making people happy is going to go a really long way no matter how much technology you know so um you have any plugs plugs um, I can plug the Twitch channel. Yeah. Twitch.tv slash pixels imperfect. Uh, Twitter or anything like that too? Twitter. Yeah, it's all pixels imperfect. Twi- okay. Twitter.com slash twitch.tv slash facebook.com slash pixels imperfect. Well, thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. <laughs>